Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I have a very special guest who is going to introduce us to a modality called cranial sacral therapy. And I know just a little bit about this. I know just enough to know that it's amazing. And I know people who've had, who've had it done, who, who have it done on them on a regular basis and what it has done for their lives and what it has done for their, the symptoms of the disease that they were diagnosed with. And I am so excited to have Etienne on the podcast today. And I am just going to have him jump in and introduce himself and share his story and how he got into this modality. Welcome to the podcast. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Lovely to be here. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. So tell us who you are and your story. Well, you know, the story is several stories together, but, uh, you know, at this point, I am a craniosacral teacher, have been that for about 30 years, had a practice also for about 35 years. And um, at this point, with my craniosacral teaching, I travel around the world with my uh, with my partner, uh, um and we teach craniosacral in Europe, we teach in Mexico, we teach in Taiwan, we teach in the US. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's been my life, craniosacral. From the moment that something happened that made me change my lifestyle totally. And that's where the story that goes into cranio uh, starts. Um at one point, this was the 1980s, and this is yeah, quite a while ago. Um, some of your listeners might not even have been born at that moment, but I was—I had an infection, uh, uh, a staphylococcus infection, that entered into my bloodstream, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, I realized afterwards these bacteria—they're not bad; they're just looking for food. You know, like all of us, you know, they want to survive. And I happened to be available. They came into my body uh, and I got an infection. And of course, you know, if they go in the bloodstream, the first thing they enter is the heart. So they were feasting on my valves. And at one point, and this happened within maybe, yeah, 24 to 48 hours, my valves were gone. So I suddenly, you know, my energy level just dropped to almost zero. And the next thing they did, they went into my kidneys and started eating away. And um, by the time I got to the hospital, uh, one kidney was still 
or was already close to 70% dead material. And the other was 87% dead material. That's a dead sentence. No valves, no kidneys left to function. So yeah, in the hospital, I was treated like, all right, this is your last days. Yeah, luckily, just before I got to the hospital, of course, I panicked because I was in my early 40s. I panicked, panicked, panicked. Life is over. But then, you know, I already knew how to meditate and I meditated at one point, um, you know, and it was like, all right, this is the last thing I'll ever do meditate and in the middle of the meditation something happened uh i ended up in total no mind my mind just stopped and i was in this peaceful space of total silence and uh acceptance of whatever you know it was not i didn't consider dying as a bad thing or uh my life is over uh or a good thing, I was totally neutral. I was just accepting the fact, okay, my lifestyle, whatever happened, this is the result. But at this moment, I'm totally, totally free. Yeah, if that comes great, if it doesn't come great, even the word great didn't fit. I was just being me, totally, you know, blissful and dying at the same time. But Blissful was the main, uh, the main ingredient of that space. And then I went to the hospital. They gave me medication, a lot of medication. The uh, staphylococcus died, almost all of them. But still, you know, my body couldn't recover. So, yeah, then they put me in a room with other people that were dying, who were twice my age. So I was the youngest of them. And yes, that was such a magical time. At one moment, middle of the night, everybody in the room died, one after the other. And I was just, you know, there were six beds. I was, it started one, two, three, four. I was bed number five. It was funny. It was one and then the other and the other. And I knew my time was also coming. And uh, when that happened, when it was my turn, I could watch how the body disintegrates, the different levels that the body goes through uh, when it is dying. And then, you know, the last phase of that is that you explode, you know, your whole body just just yeah it's it's a you become you become the milky way you become the the cosmos yeah your consciousness expands in such a rapid pace space you know it's like suddenly you're in the body feeling hearing the body starting to disintegrate in the next moment you become part of the universe again and that was magical the silence the magnitude of it all and it was all pure bliss and then you know something happened the person next to me number six he couldn't die something needed to be done for him 
And of course, there was nobody. Everybody was dead. I was on my way out. But the need of the person suddenly brought me back in my body. That whole expanding universe just snapped and I was back in the body. And uh, I went over to him and I put my hand on his heart. And, you know, at that point, I was still in that expansion, although I was back in the body. And then the most strange thing happened. My hand was just into his chest. Now, this is not possible, of course, but the experience of energy was such that I saw my hand go in his in his body and touch his heart and something happened clicked and uh, he stayed alive afterwards we became the best of friends but he stayed alive and i was back in a body that was still broken yeah so yeah you know then the next day they were surprised I was still alive and they gave me a handful of medication every day just to keep my kidneys, what was left going. And I thought, you know, all right, uh, this medication surely is going to kill me, surely. <laughs> <laughs> so I told the doctor, I, you know, I'm out of here. Uh, so I had to sign papers. I called a friend and we drove this. This happened in the Netherlands, in Europe. So we drove to the south of Belgium, where there is woods, a little similar where I'm living now on closely the Olympic Peninsula in, uh, in near Seattle, you know, pine woods. And um, we drove and drove and drove and around 12, 12 o'clock at night, you know, we, I had no idea where we were going, but I was pointing, go there, go there, go there, go there. No idea. So at last we were on a dead road, dead end road. We put the tent up, went in the tent, and I couldn't stay in there. I needed space. So I went out of that little tent and went wandering in the forest. And, you know, then I saw... Uh, a rounding of uh, trees in a circle. I saw them from afar as if they were calling me. And there was a light there. And of course, middle in the woods, there is no electricity, but there was a light there. There was, you know, everything was dark, but there it was like a, like a little chapel, you could say. So I went there, it was a nice clearing, pine woods, uh, pine needles. So I went to sleep there, and immediately, as soon as I closed my eyes, I was out of the body, looking at the body. And, uh, you know, it felt the right thing to do. I had no clue what I was doing, but it all felt so right, so peaceful, so blissful, so pure. And, uh, you know, I saw the body. I was aware of it. And I saw so many animals coming to look what was happening, foxes and little rats and mice. And at one point, a big boar with a whole bunch of small ones, they all came to look and they were, that was the most amazing thing. All these animals, they were so, they're wild, of course. They were so respectful as if they knew that something was going on and 
the respect of them was just beyond belief. They just left the body alone. Nobody touched it. They sniffed, they got the point and left. And in the morning when the sun come up, came up, luckily it was in summer, uh, I could go back in the body. And I sat there the whole day. My friend brought me some soup once in a while. And after four days, I told him, it's done. Let's go back. A week later, I went to the hospital and they checked me. And my heart was 100% back functioning. My valves were back. And my kidneys both were 100%. So somehow, yeah, this going, and now I know what that meant, you know, stopping the mind so that it doesn't use any energy. There was no doubt. Intuitively, I knew what I was doing. And then staying in that no mind space where the body is left alone to do what it needs to do. So this whole experience of dying, not actually dying, but, you know, something, I could say love for uh, empathy, however, compassion, however you want to call it, brought me back in the body. And then I had the good fortune to intuitively know how to heal the body. So those yeah, are basically my, is basically my, yeah, you could say basic understanding about healing. Yeah, to get out of the scientific mind and to just follow intuition, follow what the body tells me tells a person this is what needs to happen and then you know uh, it took me a year almost to regain my strength I went to live with a friend of mine I regained my strength and then I went to India to uh, a place where I wanted to go to learn something to do something for my body to make it back into bad to bring it back into balance and there there was a four month non-stop kind of massage training really really deep massage training with a lot of meditation and uh, my body started to yeah to become yeah happy uh, power came back in my muscles and then at one point, we had a four-day introduction to craniosacral therapy. And as soon as that happened, as soon as I felt that, I knew this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Because it brought me back to the absolute silence that I encountered while dying. The absolute silence that I encountered uh, in the meditation in the woods where I healed my body. It was such a total experience, craniosacral, the respect that is given to touch, and not just touching, you know, like a massage, but we call it, yeah, afterwards, I started to develop uh, from my own insights, 
what this craniosacral can do and how to teach it. And of course, you know, when we touch, we don't just fleeingly touch. No, there is this total feeling. Yeah, we call it conscious touch, where a hand learns what is this finger and this finger. What is every finger feeling in the hand palm? What are they actually feeling in that body? And then all that type of things start to happen. Uh, we have little tricks like relaxing the jaw. It immediately stops the mind. Uh, this conscious touch is such total feeling that you can't think. You just feel. And at the same time, and when you touch more than a minute, your body as the person that touches but the person that's being touched, they're a part of their brain, the pituitary gland, starts to flood the body with oxytocin, uh, the practitioner and the client. And that chemical, it's a hormone, that is the one that mom and baby binds. It, it, creates, it creates oneness. It creates total love. Yeah, where there is no separation. And, you know, when a mom and a baby are together, uh, it's like it's one. It's not two, it's one. Yeah, and the oxytocin in our session creates the same feeling. So the practitioner and the client, it's, yeah, gives them a totality of energy that is not just the client's energy, but it's also the practitioner's energy. It's like an ocean, an ocean of energy. And if that's available, then regeneration in the body will go so much, so much easier. Yeah. So that conscious touch used in cranio and all right, what do we do with cranio? It's a, yeah, something everybody now wants to know. What is what does craniosacral therapy do for the body? Because when I looked it up, it was like it was basically helping the central nervous system and all the fluids and like the lymphatic system and stuff. But it's like the ner the central nervous system, the fluids around the body start to move. And I don't feel like online did it justice on how it works, but maybe we can introduce people a little bit into like the scientific definition, but then I think you've done a great job kind of explaining it, but I feel like let's give people the scientific definition and then maybe expand on that. Well, scientifically, it's about uh, giving space to the brain mm -hmm. and the spinal cord. And of course that is the command center of the whole body. The brain is also the first organ that gets developed when you become a body, when, yeah, the cell is fertilized. And that's where it all starts, when the cell is fertilized. That fertilized egg, yeah, that's, yeah, it has a scientific name, but I call it the first stem cell. And, you know, that's part of what we work with, yeah, with the cells that actually create a body, but also the cells that keep on recreating a body. Mm -hmm. Your body, you know, came from one cell. Right. 
my body also, one cell, has the power yeah, to start an ex uh, a creation of billions of cells, trillions of cells. Our body, it's a number of cells that's unbelievable. But every night, millions, billions of cells actually will be replaced by new cells every night. And that keeps on going. It's a never-ending process. Mm -hmm. And everybody, yours, mine, is only 84 days old. You know, I have an age, but the body I live in, yeah, every 84 days, it's a totally new body. So what now let's go to cranial sacral. I get carried away with these <laughs> things, but you know what we do is we open up the spinal cord. Yeah. There are what we call diaphragms in the body. Yeah. Places where the energy is stuck. Yeah. And they're the same in everybody. For instance, yeah, we have the respiratory diaphragm. Mm -hmm. Now, all right, that's where the diaphragm goes up and down, up and down, opens the lungs, closes the lungs. But if you are 10 years in school and at home also, how many times did they tell you, sit still, shut your mouth, be quiet, pay attention? It's the main mantra of education that you should be quiet, that you should be sitting there listening while you're seven, eight years old and you want to move. So if you keep moving, you're going to get in trouble. So 10 years of that will, and the only way to sit still is to use your breath minimally. So you keep quiet but your whole body keeps quiet and these diaphragms, yeah, they all respond to a different thing in our upbringing, but they're basically like the doors of our energy are closed in everybody, mm -hmm. not just respiratory diaphragm, but the throat, the voice, yeah, shut up. Don't talk. Be quiet. Let mom talk. Let dad talk. Let the teacher talk. Yeah, while you're bursting to say something. So for everybody, yeah, it's the same place. So when we open them up, which is quite easy, then the energy, the life force starts circulating normally again. Yeah. And the second thing we do is bring space to the brain, which is the cranial aspect, yeah, where we feel the different bones of the cranium. We put our hands on them, and this is magic, but if you put your hands there in a certain way, very lightly, yeah, not pushing, not, not doing anything, the, and this is how it works, the bone itself will tell you what small adjustments it needs. Yeah. And that's so light and simple. By just listening, the bones get in their best position to function at that moment. And the brain, yeah, when it gets more space, of course, it's going to function better. So when the brain and spinal cord are free, 
and get their maximal space, then they can also reach their maximal potential. Yeah, that's the next step. And then, of course, everything in the body will listen to a brain, which is the command center. If that functions better, you could say, if the boss is happy and has space and is fresh, then all the workers will also be happy. They have space and they're also fresh again because, hey, they're happy. So that's what we do with craniosacral. And then, of course, we feel in the body because those places start to let themselves be known. Yeah, Where it is that something needs to happen and then we deal with that. And on top of that, when everything starts to become fresh again, the old stuff, the stuff that isn't been digested, it will come up. It rises yeah, and it becomes conscious again for the person. They usually put it away some deep place so you don't feel it. You can go on with your life. But with this work, yeah, clarity yeah, pushes everything, everything to the surface. And then, you know, it's like psycho psycho psychology, psychotherapy. We talk with the client, but not like a client is sitting there and you're here. You touch them there go in a deep space, like a, a sleeping space almost. And from there, you know, we talk about these things. And the magic there is that we are not going into the mind, into thoughts about it, but we actually give a voice to whatever it is, uh, the organs, yeah, and that may sound strange, and maybe the best thing is to give an example. Here. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, last year I had a, an EMDR therapist come in and talk about how the body stores things that we perceive as trauma or, you know, those yeah. things or, you know, the, those things that we hold on to that we suppress that we don't have the ability at the time to be able to process Right. And so what, what I'm hearing is that this cranio um, that we're going to yeah. call it allows for that, what has been stored in the body, it gives it space to be able to come up and be processed and be released. And by doing that, then the body heals. Is that, is that accurate? That's totally accurate. And the fun thing is there is a, sp a spot in the brain yeah, thalamus, mm -hmm. that is so intelligent that when something is hidden and the person cannot deal with it yet, it stays hidden. Mm -hmm. It keeps, it is like a safeguard. Yeah, nothing will come up that the client isn't able to deal with. Right. It will stay in the body until the moment that the client yeah, is clear enough to also deal with, yeah, what we call trauma. Although, you know, we have a different way to deal with trauma without having to go into the story itself. Yeah. Uh, but let me give you an example yeah. about uh, one of the beautiful things 
um, it's a, one of those sessions that I, you know, use a lot to explain. There was one of my graduates, this was in the 1990s, the end of the 1990s, in the Netherlands, um, in around 2000. Yeah, I came to live in the US, but all right. Uh, this person um, graduated and six months later, I get a call that she couldn't get pregnant. So she wanted to come for a session. All right, you know, she came for a session. And uh, I had no clue what to do, you know, but I put my hands on and uh, on her head in my hands. And after a few minutes of silence, I felt that I needed to go to her heart. Now, this is one of the classes that I give is called Talking to the Heart, where you give the heart a voice. So, yeah, you give the heart a voice. So, Marion, if you were on the table, do you want to lend your voice to your heart? So when you're in that deep space, then not your mind is going to answer if I ask you, how is your heart doing? If I ask you that now, you're going to give me a safe answer. Yeah, right. something that you think about. But if a person is on the table in that deep space and the heart talks, wow, then the heart has something to say to the person. Yeah, something they know. Yeah, but if they follow their mind, like most of us do, yeah, they don't follow their heart. And that is what life is all about. Yeah, to live from your heart, not your mind. But anyway, so I went to the person's heart and I started talking first with the heart protector. It is a membrane around it. But that membrane has to protect the heart from the very beginning. When a baby is born, its heart is so small and it needs to be protected so it can grow into an adult heart and the person also can grow into an adult person. They are so vulnerable and the heart can be hurt any moment, harsh word here, harsh word there, and it gets in there. Yeah. So luckily, this heart protector from the very beginning, when a baby is still in the womb, the heart protector already knows what to do, what its job is, and it will protect the heart and become thick sometimes, and sometimes really, really harsh, so nothing can come in. And then, of course, you know, when you're a grown-up, most people have no idea that their heart protector is so strong, but they realize that they can't give love or receive it. So hard to receive it. Yeah, they don't realize that their heart protector is still working to protect their heart. So let's go back to this person that came. She couldn't get pregnant. So I started talking with the heart protector. And then her story came out when she was young. Yeah. Uh, or before she was born, 
She was born a few years after the Second World War, I think in 1955. Her father was with the enemy in the Netherlands. So after the war, he was put in jail. He was a bad person. He was about seven years in, in jail. Mm -hmm. He came out, had to behave now like he learned his lesson, started a family. She was one of two daughters. But at home, he was a terror, yeah, mentally abusing everybody. Never physically, but mentally. So, and this is so amazing. When she was growing up, her heart protector became so strong that the heart would not be hurt by his, yeah, his hatred, basically. But also, and this is just physically impossible, but energetically, that's what happened. The heart protector expanded so much that the eggs, yeah, the uh, ovaries were also included in his protection. And whenever she and her husband tried, her eggs were fine, his sperm was fine. It just wouldn't happen because there was this energetic barrier that the heart protector had constructed. Now, all right, so once she told me that, once the heart protector told us that he did that, now I saw, okay, you know, now I have to convince the heart protector to get back, and I couldn't. And then suddenly it dawned on me to thank the heart protector that he had fulfilled his life task perfectly. Yeah, the father was dead already 10 years. This woman is grown up. She has her own house. She makes her own money. Uh, you did you did a perfect job. Can you now allow the ovaries also to fulfill their life task? The heart protector was silent for maybe two minutes. And then suddenly he said, matter of factly, okay, I can do that. And he retreated to her heart alone. Now, this was the end, the end of the session. So six months, no, three months later, I get a call. She was pregnant. Just amazing. But that's the talking part of our craniosacral to let organs, yeah, we know what they do. We know their task. It's not a secret, but sometimes something is on your stomach. It just can't digest what this or that person just said. You can't digest it. It's there. And if it's an emotional thing, it's stuck in the organ also. It's stuck in the cells. They carry that energy. So when we put our hands there, yeah, usually it melts, you know, you can feel the organ start to move, finding a better spot. But in the cells, they carry that memory in the form of crystals. Yeah, when there is something happening, it becomes because the body is matter. Yeah, it is all kinds of cells. 
And when something happens and it's not dealt with immediately, then it stays in the body in the form of toxins, un, um, things that need to be, go, be gone, but stay there. And then cells, yeah, they, because there is that energy there, they sort of shrink a little bit. They're not free. They're not open. And then the toxins stay in every cell. And what happens then, the cell is going to push it together, crystallize it to save space. And then the memory is hidden in the crystals. We call that cell memory. So when we put our hands on a spot, those crystals, because we feel how to gently move so space happens, and then cells come out of their compression, the crystals become watery again, and that happens so fast. But when they become watery again, suddenly the memory pops up. Yeah, And all right, you probably heard that book, the Japanese person, Emoto, wrote about the memory of water. Water has that ability to hold memory. And in the cells, our fluids, that's where the memory is stored. So, yeah, when the crystals become fluid again, they come out of the cells so they can be discarded. And at the same time, the memory pops up so we can talk about it and also let it go. Yeah, it's That's amazing. Amazing! It is amazing. How, how amazing is the exact word? That's how amazing the body is. What I love is that the body is always for us. It al it's always, it's always for us. It's always protecting us. It's always working yes. for our good to keep us alive and functioning and hopefully thriving and and sometimes in the protection it causes a disease state it causes blockages or you know what you you know what you were describing and uh what i love about cranio is what an amazing safe space to be able to release and process through these things and what we know about these these memories and these things that get stored in the body is that sometimes you can eat all the right things. You can do all the sleep. You can do all the stress management. You can exercise. You can ground. You can do all like the things. But if that trauma, if those memories in the body are not released, you're never truly going to feel better. You're never truly, the body's never going to be able to function the way that it's mm -hmm. supposed to. And what I love about Cranio is that it, it provides the space for the mind to quiet and the body to release. And just how incredible that is yes that safe space you know that's the most important and it's a space that everybody knows you know what we replicate basically is deep sleep mm -hmm. yeah when a person every night your body needs to be cleaned that's what happens in sleep. Yeah, in the day you're in the world, you're busy doing things, earning your money, earning your food, whatever it is you do. But at night, and we have to do that every night of our life, one third almost, or one quarter of our life, we spent in deep sleep. And what happens there? Well, you're not there. Yet yeah, the mind goes blank. It's turned off 
because it needs to be cleaned. You cannot clean an engine in a car if it's running. You have to turn it off. And that's the same with our mind. It turns off at night and then your whole immune system yeah, has all that energy available because the mind thinking uses around 70% of the totality of our energy. So if that is not used, now the body, the immune system has that 70% of our energy available to clean the body, to restore, to replace billions of cells. That's a whole bunch of cells that need to be replaced. So what we actually do is with our cranio, we replicate deep sleep. And that is a safe haven for everybody. Sleeping, yet at night you're happy to go to bed. Finally, peace. Yeah, so everybody knows that space and uh, that makes it easy for us. But there is a plus in your bed, you're on your own to clean the body. You have only your energy available to clean the body. Now, the way we touch means that also the practitioner's energy is available. And that is not one plus one. No, it's like a quantum explosion of energy. And healing happens so much faster, yeah, when there is a whole lot of energy available. Yeah, then, yeah, things go much easier. I'm so excited to introduce everybody to Cranio. And I think you've done a beautiful job of explaining how incredible it is and how safe and almost like it's it's not it's non-invasive like yes you're coming together there's touch which might intimidate some people but it's more just to help the body align and to help give give somebody outside of yourself and this is where i think having healers is so beneficial because there are times when we can't heal on our own Right. Mm -hmm. And so having somebody outside to be able to help us and help our bodies communicate and release yes. is just so important. Yes. You know, the, the one of the things here is, you know, that somebody helps you. But the person, the practitioner of cranio, yeah, that's our training, has gone through their own stuff. They have cleared their own stuff out, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. All of these things get attention so that a practitioner has been in the spot where the client is now. We know that space and we found the way out of our own swamp. Yeah. And that is needed yeah, to be able to help somebody that you can, yeah, they feel it. They feel that you have been there and that you can help them going through that process. Yeah, that reminds me, um, well, yeah, I'm jumping a little bit here. That's okay. But it just popped up in my head. I will be teaching a class or, I mean, uh, almost two and a half months in Taos uh, this winter, January, February, March. And that's not too far from Phoenix. Oh. Yeah. 
well, it's a day, but a drive, but uh, not too yeah. far. Yeah. If no, if you want to ski, <laughs> which is a strange thing to tell a person, not so much that lives in Phoenix. I think they would be happy to see some snow. Yes. <laughs> you know, winter in Taos is, is going to be amazing. The program I'm teaching is called the Radical Empowerment Program. And it is nine classes, yeah, of four days each. And uh, at the end of that, you know, a person knows how to be a craniosacral practitioner. But also, yeah, because it's in a, such a short time and it, it deals with every every aspect of the body, a person cleans themselves totally. They come out uh, different than when they started the program. Yeah, I just had to. Yeah, no, definitely. No, this is, you know, I'm going to have my baby at that time. But what I love <laughs> about you share, sharing that, for one, it's good for me to know. But two, there's going to be people listening to this that it's going to resonate. And they're going to be like, oh. how do I do that? And that's how yeah. we can do it. So if you have a link or anything, you know, oh, send yeah, it my very, way. Very easy. Cranio rocks, like rock and roll. Cranio rocks, one word, dot com. Oh, then they come to our, you know, from that we go, people go automatically to our website, which is pearsmancraniosacral.com. But that's already complicated to <laughs> crane your rocks yeah and they'll get there awesome well thank you so much for sharing your story for sharing about cranio and just how incredible of a modality it is and if somebody wanted to see a cranial sacral therapy how would they find someone Yes, you know, uh, just just uh, put your phone, Google craniosacral therapist in my area. Yeah, I have um, quite a lot of people in uh, in the U.S. Very much more more thousands in Europe actually, but uh, you know, the U.S. is big, and uh, you know, just craniosacral therapist in my area and they will find yeah google is so good for that yeah they will find somebody and you know um it's something to try out yeah it's one for me yeah craniosacral is the medicine for the future it is preventive yeah when you're clear yeah, your body will be functioning perfectly. That's how the body is. The body also never lies. The body cannot lie. That's how wonderful it is. The trick is to listen to it. That's all that is that we forgot to listen to what the messages are that our body gives. But the body cannot lie. And, you know, if people are interested take at least one session just take the step and go to somebody feel it and you will recognize what i was talking about also you know it's wonderful to be pregnant and to feel that baby i guess i never <laughs> had the 
yeah, you know, I can talk about pregnancy, but uh, that's one of my books is called Craniosacral Therapy for Babies mm. and Small Children. You know, a baby goes through a canal, the birth canal, that's just a bit too small. But that's how it works. So a baby gets more or less um, embodied. Yet the soul needs to be actually pushed into, into matter. So afterwards, when the baby comes out, yeah, because also as every woman in this world, you know, is more or less sitting most of the time. Mm -hmm. So muscles become a little bit, yeah, uh, not so, what is the right Limited, word? contracted. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So a baby has a, a harder time to come out nowadays. So yeah, it needs a little help, not a lot. You know, when we treat a baby after it's born, it takes maybe... 20 minutes, half an hour to put everything in place, to feel if the spine is straight and that stuff. Um, it's wonderful. And it's one of the things I would advise you, Marion, when your baby is born, find somebody in your neck of the woods that can do that work. Yeah, I'm a big fan of chiropractors. But now that I've learned more about cranio, I definitely think that's the way to go. Um for a baby. Cause I feel like that, you know, like the chiropractor is great, but, uh, cranial goes much more gently beyond that. Oh yeah. 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 You know, we don't manipulate. We right. listen. What does it want? And we let it happen by itself without pushing it. And I like with... that much more gentle. Yeah. Oh, so gentle. Yeah. It's pure love. You know, cranial, it's pure love. That oxytocin is also called the love hormone right. it creates one yeah that you feel safe that you feel taken care that you feel loved yeah yeah and it's so important and I think one of the things especially in the chronic illness world is there's so much self-hatred we feel betrayed we feel angry we're yes. angry yes. at ourselves we're angry yes. at the medical world, we're angry that are, you know, especially, but I feel like a lot of that's just directed towards ourselves, And we feel yeah. like our body's broken and betrayed us. And what I think craniosacral steps in is helps us love ourselves again. And when we love ourselves and what that frees up for the body to be able to <laughs> do is, is where the body is able to reverse the dysfunction and become yeah. functional again. Yeah. You know, and a person with a chronic illness needs to look at, yeah, where did it start? Mm -hmm. Where does it come from? You know, those deep questions. Yeah, so it's like the more uh, I learn about chronic illness and root causes, you know, so many times it's, it's something stuck in the body. Yeah. And that's, exactly. and that's the root. And then how it manifests, you know, it could be that we became susceptible to a virus and the virus embedded as well, because we were already in a weekend state, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's kind of like untangling a knotted necklace, yes. right? 
but the root of it is we have to allow the body to release. Like that is an essential part of the healing process that cannot be ignored. Again, all the food, all the exercise, all the sleep, all the sunlight, all the grounding, all of the things that are really popular right now, they're all great and a piece of the puzzle, but this Mm -hmm. is, this is an essential piece of the puzzle too. Absolutely. You know, and the body being ill, you know, chronically ill, that illness is a signal. Hey, pay attention. Look inside. What is it? It is not that the body is malfunctioning. No, it is giving a signal. Yeah. So that the person will pay attention because, hey, it's a chronic thing. So the person will have to pay attention. Yeah. It's it's just the body asking, hey, look at me. I'm telling you this. What is it you can't let go of? Yeah. And that's something that the person that yeah needs to go and inquire within. What is it? Where does it come from? Yeah. And I like I said, like you you've 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 really emphasized, and I feel like this is just so important, is that that love and that safe place for the body to be able to release. And I think that in a world where we've been taught to to stifle our voice and to stifle our emotions, right? To you know, beyond, you know, cognitive therapy and things that require us to think this just allows us to be and allow our body to release and express itself without our minds in the way I think is almost more comforting. Because I think the thought of like mentally confronting things, I know when emotions are overwhelming, like you just, you do, you get overwhelmed. You can only process this much at a time where if you're in a safe space where there's love and peace and then your your mind is able to get out of the way that I can see the huge benefit in that in the healing process, especially when you mentally are terrified or just can't process what's going on, but to allow the body and then you might be able to process it verbally afterwards. But the fact that it even needs to be acknowledged and released, because sometimes we don't even know. Yes, that acknowledgement, you know, that comes before the release. Yeah. 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 You got it right. <laughs> well, you've done a beautiful job of explaining it. And I'm just elaborating again and processing it in my oh, own mind out loud. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such an honor to be able to share what Cranio is and your teaching, you know, the opportunity for, pe- for people to learn it themselves and also to go and explore it even before then. They have plenty of time. It's, you know, August right now, so they can explore it. And if they find this is mm. it for me, then they can attend your class. Thank you so much. And I would love to have you back on and take people even deeper into this. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com, for over 160 delicious recipes a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.